0: Welcome back to another episode of the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. My name is Jo, I am a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counsellor and I'm here to smash the taboo of binge eating. I hope you're having a good day so far. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. And today's episode is one of those really practical episodes that's going to give you tangible tips that you can incorporate into your own life particularly if you are somebody who has struggled with calorie counting. You may not be surprised to hear that when you're trying to overcome binge eating and develop a better relationship with food, counting calories really isn't conducive to that. It's something that can actually pull you further from a healthy relationship with food. And why is counting calories so bad for our relationship with food? Well, the answer is quite clear because counting calories is entirely fixated on numbers, on data. And when there's numbers and there's data, there is black and white thinking, that all or nothing thinking. Think about it. If you are trying to eat within a certain calorie number in the day and you go over that number, do you congratulate yourself? Do you let yourself get away with that? Or do you berate yourself? Do you put yourself down? Do you scold yourself because you have gotten it wrong? You have failed. You have gone over your calorie allowance. And you probably will start to conjure up some plan in your mind to make sure that you make up for it in the quite near future by trying to be good tomorrow or cutting out certain foods later in the week. I'm going to put this clearly. When you are trying to build a better relationship with food, and or you are trying to stop binge eating, it is of critical importance that you stop counting calories. However, that is extremely easy for me to say, but it's very difficult to put in practice. After all, if you know the calories of a boiled egg, how do you just forget that all of a sudden? You're always going to carry that data with you, right? You can not simply unlearn it. So, in today's episode, I'm going to give you four tips for how to actually stop calorie counting. Real, tangible, practical advice that you can start today. Just my usual disclaimer before I get started please don't take any healthcare advice from my podcast or any podcast. Always seek the advice of your doctor or nurse. The information that I give in these podcasts are for educational and entertainment purposes only. And although they are evidence based and of high quality, they aren't individualized to you. So always seek the advice of your healthcare professional. All right, let's crack on. Four tips for how to stop calorie counting today. Tip number one, and you won't be one bit surprised about this one, but it is to delete your calorie counting or tracking apps. I did a whole episode on the potential dangers of using tracking apps, and I will leave that in the show notes for you to listen to if you haven't already. These apps are so tempting to use because they tell you if you eat this number of calories, you will lose this amount of weight by a certain time. They are so alluring, so desirable. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to know exactly what to eat in order to be at a particular weight at some point in the future? I'm not one bit surprised that you are using these apps. I have used them in the past, even while I've been a qualified dietitian. So I promise you that there is no judgment here. But one thing that I think you will agree with me on is that they are taking you away from a better relationship with food. And they are certainly likely to be contributing to your binge eating. You may not have noticed this, but when you use a tracking app, you are putting all your faith in this app to tell you how much to eat, when to eat, when you should be hungry and when you should be full. Because what happens if you eat your allocated calorie allowance and the end of the day comes and you're still feeling hungry What decision can you make there? If you choose to eat, then you are going beyond what your app has told you that you should do. But if you choose not to eat, well then you have to put up with feeling hungry and that can really affect both your mental and physical well-being. Calorie counting tracking apps make us believe that they know us better than we know ourselves and they really don't your app can't tell you if you've had a bad night's sleep and therefore you're feeling a bit hungrier or that you've had a bad day yesterday and you're really stressed and now you're just feeling totally run down and need a little bit more food it can't even tell you what exactly calories you've eaten even if your tracking is perfect because the calories that's written on food packaging labels or in the calorie tracking apps they're not always accurate and they can vary by a really wide degree sometimes up to about 25 or 30 percent difference in the number of calories actually in the food compared with what's on the label or on the app. And when we eat food, we don't absorb every single calorie in that food. There are hundreds of factors that change how many calories or what percentage of calories in a food that we do absorb. Your app can't tell you accurate information and that's okay. We as individuals, as humans, we are not supposed to cognitively know exactly how many calories we are taking in and absorbing. We don't need to know that information. Our body knows what it's doing. When we use tracking apps, we put way more focus on decisions of the brain and we take away from our natural intuitions for hunger and fullness. When you delete tracking apps, you give yourself back that power to tell yourself, how hungry am I feeling? How full am I feeling? What food am I in the mood for? So tip number one to stop calorie counting is to delete your tracking apps. Tip number two is to choose foods that you haven't tried before. So I know that when you are counting calories, you're probably choosing the same foods over and over again. I bet that you have a repertoire of safe foods, foods that, you know, the calorie content of probably, you know, the protein content as well. And if you mix and match these foods that they are going to total your optimum quote unquote, optimum number of calories in the day. Because the calorie content of these foods is so tightly ingrained in you now, I recommend that you start to experiment with foods that you haven't tried before or you haven't eaten in a while. This gives you a good opportunity to choose foods that you don't know the exact calorie content of. Sure, you may be able to hazard a guess and it is going to be difficult to resist the temptation to look at the label of the food. If this is too scary for you, you could even try just changing from one brand of yogurt to another brand. So you may guess that the calorie content will be somewhere about the same, but do tell yourself, okay, all I'm doing is switching yogurt brand, but I'm not going to look at the calorie content. I can assume that it's pretty much the same. And that's a fair assumption to make. It probably is the same or near about the same. This is a good way of easing you into not knowing the calorie content. And if it is just too scary, just keep telling yourself that you don't need to know the calorie content. Your body knows what it's doing. If you're ready for the next step, you could ask someone that you live with or a loved one to help you out with the shopping. So you could go shopping together. You can pick out whatever foods that you want, but remember to choose ones that you haven't tried before and put them in your trolley and tell them not to let you look at the calorie content. And then as soon as you get home and you're unpacking the shopping, get your partner to take off the outer packaging where it shows the calorie content and to put them in the fridge or the press without the calorie content being available to you. You don't have to do a full week's shop like that. You could even just select five items that you are happy not to know the calorie content of and take it from there. Tip number three to stop calorie counting today is to give the kitchen scales a break. So when you are developing a better relationship with food and you're trying to stop binge eating, you'll often hear me say and other people say that weighing yourself on the bathroom scales isn't a good idea. However, the kitchen scales, the scales that you measure your food on, aren't mentioned as much. However, bring it back to numbers, the kitchen scales gives us numbers. It's black and white data and therefore it's not conducive to a healthy relationship with food. As the binge eating dietitian helping you get a better relationship with food, I would really ask you to reconsider weighing out everything that you're eating. If you feel the need to weigh out every single thing that you're eating, so you're weighing out things like lettuce leaves, ketchup, or even breakfast cereal, that is really indicative of an unhealthy relationship with food, and it can be considered disordered eating behavior. How would you feel about giving the kitchen scales a break, and instead of relying on that black and white data of the number on the scale, just eyeballing how much is a usual portion for you of a particular food. And remember, there is no right or wrong to this. If you don't feel comfortable getting rid of your kitchen scale completely, then how about just doing it for one meal? So instead of weighing out your breakfast cereal tomorrow, you give yourself permission to pour out how much you think that you would like to eat. And if you pour out too much, you can always leave some. Or if you pour out too little, you can definitely always add some more. Of course, I know that weighing scales can be really useful and necessary in things like cooking or baking. So I'm not suggesting that you throw them away. Unlike the bathroom scales, I think you would really benefit from throwing those away. But with the kitchen scales, how about just putting them up on a high shelf? Or you could use other measures for cooking and baking like cup measurements As you know, I live in America now, and I've noticed that all of the recipes or the cookbooks they all use cup measurements. So one cup, half a cup, quarter cup, two cups, etc. And I really like this. I think it's really positive if you are trying to rebuild a healthier relationship with food, because it takes away that right or wrong. Instead of aiming for 500 grams of pasta, you can just add one cup, and you can scoop up the cup eyeball it and you know that you are good to go. You don't have to be so precise and so accurate with everything. And lastly, tip number four is to add those little extras back in. So particularly if you have used a tracking app, I know that the first thing that you did when you started to track your calories was you got rid of all of the little extras. So I'm talking about toppings or spreads or oils in cooking or dressings, all of those tasty extras. Those are always the first to be omitted because we deem them to be unnecessary, to be unessential. For example, you can have a bowl of porridge, but you can easily just take away the chocolate chips or the spoonful of honey and it'll still be a bowl of porridge, right? Well, not in my books. In my books, those little extras are incredibly important because those little extras, they add in flavor, they add in fun and they add in satisfaction. Can I ask you, which appeals more to you and which is probably going to keep you fuller and satisfied for longer? A plain bowl of regular, porridge so oatmeal made with water and a splash of skimmed milk versus oatmeal or porridge that's made with whole milk or cream with chopped strawberries, chocolate chips, a big spoonful of honey and a spoonful of peanut butter. Which bowl would you prefer? And you might say yeah but the second bowl has way more calories than the first bowl. The point is, it's not about calories. It's about which meal is going to keep you satisfied, fuller, satiated for longer. Because remember, we are trying to avoid binge eating here. And if you continue to have meals that you really genuinely enjoy and like, and they bring you happiness then you are less likely to binge later on down the line. So sure, you might save yourself some calories now by choosing the first bowl of porridge, but down the line, it's more likely that you'll end up binge eating if all of your meals are devoid of those delicious extras. And to add to this point... All of these little extras, they usually, not always, but they usually are a source of fat. And fat is often one of the first things that we omit in our diet when we are calorie counting because we deem them to be too calorific. Here are two things I want you to remember. Firstly is fat provides flavor. And where there is flavor, there is satisfaction and there is contentment with the meal. Only eating boring meals that lack flavor, like that first bowl of porridge that I described, only eating boring meals like that is going to cause you to binge at some point in the not too distant future. Flavor is incredibly important and fat provides flavor. And secondly, fat makes us feel fuller for longer. In the first instance, when the food hits our stomach, it takes longer to digest if there is fat in the food. And that helps us to feel physically fuller for longer. But it doesn't end there. When the fat moves through our system into our small intestine, we get a second burst of satiety, which means feeling full. So not only does the food make us feel fuller for longer in our stomachs, but later on in the day, we are likely to feel more full later on if the food that we eat has fat in it. So tip number four is to add back in those extras that you've taken out when you first started calorie count, and especially if they are fat source. All right, I am going to leave you there. If this all sounds way too scary for you and you're just not ready to stop calorie counting, that's fine. But I would like you to just keep reminding yourself that your body does know what to do. Your body is working. Your body knows how to handle calories. It doesn't need you to count out every last one. Thank you so much for listening for another episode. If you liked today's episode, why not let me know? Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at binge.eating.dietitian or you can email me at joe at antidietanswers.com. I'm going to leave you now with a little review and I will see you in the next episode. Today's 30 second review is another free resource and it's a resource by BEAT UK, the National Eating Disorder Association. It is specifically for those who haven't yet told their GP about their eating disorder. The first step in getting treatment for your eating disorder in the UK is often going to your GP, yet a lot of GPs don't really know how to handle an eating disorder diagnosis or even know that much about it. So in order to prepare you as much as possible, I'm linking below a resource that will help you to navigate this this conversation with your GP on your first visit. I really hope that it helps and remember no matter what eating disorder that you have, no matter what body shape, size or weight that you have, you deserve help for your eating disorder.